This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 3rd, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The Farm Bill has become one of the worst legislative blunders in some time, but it does illustrate just how effective log rolling can become in getting some legislation passed when many provisions couldn't pass individually on their own merits. Cato Institute trade policy analyst Sally James and Government Affairs Director Brandon Arnold comment. Uh, one of the titles, the trade title, was left out of the version that went to the president. The president vetoed the, the bill in its entirety, not realizing that one of the sections was left out. So when the, the House and Senate overrode the veto, they weren't they were overriding the veto uh, which uh, of a bill that, that didn't include the uh, everything that they had originally put into it. So it, it is a bit of a debacle. And uh, the status right now is that all of the farm bill uh, because the House and Senate overrode the presidential veto, all of the farm bill, with the exception of that trade title that fell out, is part of, of, of law, uh, current law. But uh, they do need to go back and, and pass some sort of vehicle that will carry the, uh, the, the trade title, which they're probably going to pass. Um, the House has already done so, in fact. The Senate will pass the farm bill again it's in, in its entirety. And uh, then they're going to have to override, uh, presumably, another presidential veto. Now, we'll get into what's actually in that. But from a political gamesmanship, public choice perspective, it's wouldn't it be a kind of a good thing to have different pieces of a bill have to pass on their own merits rather than as one big uh, log rolling piece that everyone's only 51 percent happy with? Uh, yes, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, the Farm Bill is one of the, the best or perhaps worst examples of log rolling that you see in Congress, where they, they cobble together all sorts of constituencies that have uh, very different interests, but uh, they pull them all together in one bill, and they're able to get very broad congressional support as a result, even though a lot of the components individually would have a tough time passing. The trade title yes. fell out of the bill. What does that include? The trade title covers the market access program that is promotion of American exports abroad, uh, things to do with uh, food safety uh, and recognition by international uh, standard-setting bodies of American uh, standards relating to foods, uh, food safety and animal and plant health, and also has some export credit guarantees and other export promotion programs inside it. And also food aid, a lot of the... Um, international development aid we give, for example, school lunches for poor kids abroad, that's also included in the trade title. Would it be best if that we just pretended that we're never a part of the bill and, and move on? I think the, the parts of this title that we are most concerned about are things like export credit guarantees and export promotion activities. It's, I don't think that's a legitimate role for government. But I think that this title is really one of the least offensive parts of this program of this farm bill really that the title that causes the most problems is is title 1 the commodity pro title that spends money on what we traditionally think of as farm subsidies that's where the real problem lies the trade title i would prefer like most of these titles to be split off into individual programs so so congressmen can vote for these programs on their merits not because they happen to be attached to something else but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's the most egregious part of this farm bill. On the political front, how have Republicans failed uh, to, I guess, uh, keep the farm bill smaller than it would otherwise be or uh, excise key sections of it? Well, I mean, I could go on and on about how the Republicans failed on this particular bill. Um, 
certainly with the Democrats in power, your, your first reaction is probably because this is such an awful bill is to uh, you know, point the finger of blame in their direction. But, but certainly Republicans dropped the ball many, many times along, along the way. Um, the first being you know, when they form committees. The leadership of each party has the ability to, to put the members of Congress on the committee that they think will do the best job. And here in the Agriculture Committee, we have uh, almost a committee almost entirely supportive of the Farm Bill of, of subsidies and, and things along those lines. There aren't you know the the type of member on the on the committee that will will get up and challenge this the status quo challenge the uh, the, uh, the the type of spending I think that that's a bit out of control. You see it a little bit more on the Senate side with uh, with uh, Richard Luger of Indiana, who has been a, a pretty good and, and consistent critic of of farm policy, but certainly not on the House side, where eighteen out of twenty one members Republican members of the House Agriculture Committee. Uh, supported an override of the president's veto, the president of their own party, no less. Certainly, if you want to talk about the White House, um, you can point to their lack of, of lobbying, of, of really pushing members of their own party to oppose the farm bill. When should, when should that process have begun? It should have begun, you know, back before we knew. We knew five years ago the farm bill was coming in this time frame. It, those those efforts should have begun way back then, um, and you know, really ramping up the lobbying over the past few weeks. You know, the, the 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 negotiation process has been going on for for several months now, and the White House just hasn't been involved as they should have. An interesting uh, tidbit is. Um, Supporters of the Farm Bill, um, the lobbying groups that were trying to push for its passage and expansion, um, they lined up about a list of about 75 or 80 members of the Republican Party that they thought they could get to support the Farm Bill. Well, due to a number of factors, one of which was the lack of, of real strong efforts from the White House and uh, House Republican leadership, they ended up getting 100 members of the House Republican caucus to support the bill. So it just shows there that which way the, the which way the tide was was flowing, and it was certainly not in the, the direction of taxpayers. Can the president be forgiven at all for uh, uh, not fighting this fight as 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 vigorously as he might have, given the fact that it's it's his last year in office and uh, he vetoed the bill. That's certainly to his credit. But uh, you know, when you're a lame duck president, you don't have to worry about re-election or anything, fundraising, anything along those lines. It's really a chance for you to throw caution to the wind and, and represent the the views uh, that, that that you really believe. And and at least presumably, he's uh, not supportive of this farm bill, so he could have really uh, uh, flexed his muscle to the extent that he that he still has some power on Capitol Hill. And obviously, that's diminished. Uh, in, in recent years, but he could have he could have really uh, gone all out and seen seen what he could have done with the farm bill. I think that while I certainly agree with Brandon that perhaps he the president did not uh, do as much lobbying as he could have. I don't think, uh, or at least I I wouldn't necessarily fault him for not being clear about his vision for what he would like to do with this farm bill. This process started a couple of years ago. Uh, with a series of listening tours around America. The administration put out a very comprehensive proposal a year ago on what they would like to see in the Farm Bill. So I think at a kind of a broader policy PR level, the White House was very clear about what they wanted and very strong about wanting to see reforms at the political level as to how much actual lobbying they did. You know, Brandon is right, maybe they didn't do enough. I think one important point to note 
is that the Secretary of Agriculture who conducted that listening tour and was very pro-reform was a, a fellow main, named Mike Johans, a uh, very strong advocate of support, but he left um, the Department of Agriculture uh, fairly um, late on in the process, just um, a few months ago. He is now running for the Senate in Nebraska and, in fact, uh, came out in support of this farm bill, which I would add does none of the reforming um, or implements none of the reforms that he had originally wanted to see. But I guess in the cynical world of politics, he's running in a farm state and felt that he had to come out and support. So maybe the, the personnel changes may have affected the ability of the White House to really push hard on this issue. Sally James is a trade policy analyst and Brandon Arnold is the Director of Government Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read their recent op-ed on the farm bill travesty at cato.org.